No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear As always, hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Well, Brian, uh, Joe Biden has picked his running mate now, and it seems that things are finally getting into gear here a little bit for this presidential election that, believe it or not, is going to be less than three months away. If Mr. Biden should be successful, how do you think that that's going to affect the market, the economy, or is it going to affect it? What I mean by that is, does the president really have as much effect on the market, at least in the circumstance that we're in right now, as a cure for this coronavirus and getting America back to work again? Well, historically, it hasn't really mattered. I've seen some stats on that first year out. It certainly does have some effect over time. There are tax raises, tax cuts, as a pro-business, not pro-business, that kind of thing. So certainly over time, I think the bigger question is who's going to be in charge of the Senate and the House and the presidency? Is it going to be split or not split? And so that's probably a, a bigger question. But it does seem that markets have been resilient no matter who's in the Oval Office or who, you know, who's calling the shots. Uh, businesses are in business to make money primarily, and they figure out how to do that, and they keep doing it. And so, it, you know, they might have some roadblocks here, and then they switch gears, or maybe it's tough to manufacture at home. They just moved it overseas or, or back. You know, it's, they're going to follow the, the path of least resistance, and businesses are smart. Investors are smart. If they pass laws that are going to drill a certain class of people, that class of people will move their assets, whether they move it into other investments or take advantage of trusts or move it overseas 
whatever they do. So I know that uh, investors are pretty savvy, and usually when they see something coming, I, my analogy is if I'm holding two big, you know, things of cash, and some of them I'm standing on the track, and I see the train coming, the train wants it. I'm probably going to step off the train and let it go by. I'm going to get out of the way of that oncoming train. So, you know, a lot of a lot of rules that are, and laws that are passed, people see them coming, they get out of the way. Brian, there's no doubt that we're in a recession, and I was looking at an article online early, early this morning about recessions, and there have been a lot of them. I mean, a lot that we haven't even talked about here on this show. There was even a Napoleonic recession back in Napoleon's day. Was that recession in 08, 09, was that greater than the one that we're in right now? And do you think the recovery will be anything like it was from the 2008, 9 recession? Well, a couple of comments on that. I'm glad you brought that up. The 2008 recession, certainly the market took a bigger hit than this one. This one, everybody said, you know what? Back in 08, it dropped, but it came right back, so I'm not going to get out. So a lot of people just stayed in, and uh, here we are. It's coming back up. And so, yeah, the market was worse then. I would say that the economy was much worse now. The change in the economy, that was primarily real estate and banking only, uh, this one is everything worldwide, and so this is absolutely uh, much broader. Just by looking at the cut in the GDP, it's an all-time record. So no question, this one has bigger implications that way. But one of the interesting thoughts about that is, you know, you can name all these recessions that happen over and over and over, but what's the one thing that's always true? The one thing that's always true that if you were invested throughout that, you come out the other end ahead, no matter what. I mean, you look back at, you know, 100 years ago, boy, you know, do you want to be invested or not invested? Well, you want to be invested, right? Yeah, but what if there's some recessions and even a Great Depression? Well, if you if you hung on through that, you're, you're fine coming out the other end. So that's kind of the recurring theme. So I, I would suggest that anybody listening, especially younger people, if you invest in yourself, figure out how to make a lot of money during your real, your lifetime. And you invest in markets and real estate and insurance products properly and, and have the right mix, you probably are going to be ahead of the game in the end. I don't see that 20 years from now, you know, your, your accounts are all going to be lower and you say, oh, I shouldn't have listened to that. Brian, I should never have invested. I should have just buried it all in the backyard and not gotten a skill set and kept my minimum wage job. And, <laughs> you know, it's pretty basic stuff. If, if you're making good money because you have a good skill set that's marketable, and you invest in yourself and your, again, your real estate, your stocks, your insurance products, whatever, you're probably going to be better off than had you not. Brian, let's say that you're five years away from retired or maybe you're close to retirement. Maybe you don't know when you want to retire. You're listening to us today. You're in the middle 60s, but you know it's not going to be tomorrow. It could be five years from now. What would you do? Well, there's a couple things. I mean, obviously, we've always said, you know, get your financial plan done and we offer it for free. So, if you qualify, so get that done because I, there's your roadmap. And then the next thing is consider what things are going to look like in five or ten years and plan for that. If you think rates are going to be higher, well, then get yourself something that's maybe doesn't have an income tax rate to it, an investment, uh, and plan for that. Or do your Roth conversions accordingly or whatever planning opportunities you need to follow. So if we know that things are going to happen, and we know that the economy is going to be different. Change how you invest. If you think bonds won't be that great for the next five years, don't own bonds. You know, if you think certain areas of the economy aren't going to do great, don't own them. Own the ones you think will be. You know, be proactive, I would say, and, and actually plan for that, uh, knowing changes are going to occur, which they are. 
and the world's going to be a much different place in five or ten years. And so since you know that, I would say just do something about it and get that planning done. Brian, I want to talk about some steps for retirement security. Actually, there are seven of them. These are seven steps, I think, that will help you enjoy a happy retirement. And, you know, happy retirement is well within the grasp of our listeners here. So I want to start off by talking about pensions. I mean, back in the early 80s, 60% of people had pensions. 2007 was down to 30%. In 2011, 18%. In 2020, less than 8%. And there was a big switch from companies being responsible for your retirement to you being responsible for your retirement. Well, some people may say, well, I've got a lot of assets here. I've got my house. I've got a couple of cars. I've got motorcycles, jet ski. I've got a boat and all that. But people don't live on assets. They live on income because assets can be lost, stolen, swindled. They can be sued. They can be divorced. What you need is income in retirement. Another thing you really have to count on is longevity. So there are a lot of things that you take into consideration when it comes to retirement. And I guess the first one, and this is our first step, Ryan, is to just have a plan. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's it's interesting because I think that Wall Street has led a lot of people down over the years. Uh, I'll just tell you why I say that is is that, you know, in the old days, most people had pensions. And if you have a pension, you're getting that money. You think that's the greatest thing ever. I, I think it's fair to assume anybody listening that knows somebody that had a pension would say that was a good thing that they had. It was good that they had a pension. But I can't tell you how many times I talk to somebody on the phone and they'll, they'll say, oh, I have a bad experience with pensions. But they won't say the word pension. They'll say annuities. Now, annuities can be very pension-like. I mean, they have a lot of similar attributes and some can be much better. So the question is, why do these people think they hate annuities? I keep getting that over and over. And they're adamant about it. I just got off the phone an hour ago with somebody, the same thing. I had a bad experience back in college. Somebody tried to sell me this annuity. I bought it. He pressured me. It was terrible. I wish I'd never done it. Well, of course, if you're pressured into buying something, don't buy it. Because that means that it probably isn't that great. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to try so hard to sell it. So that's one of the things I've learned is I don't push anything. I just, like, I'll just put it out there. And does this make sense for you or doesn't? Doesn't it? And I'll, you know, give my opinion. But I'm sure not going to make that decision for you. And usually it's quite obvious. And so with annuities, it's because there's so many commission-based people that are pushing variable annuities. And variable annuities are what give it a bad name as well as Ken Fisher out there saying, I hate annuities, you should too. No, annuities aren't bad any more than a pension is bad. So if I have a situation where part of the portfolio, and and again, that, that conversation I just had, it was the husband saying, I don't want one. And I'm like, fine, then don't buy one. And then he you know pointed out, well, my wife might want one. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, there is two of you. And I told him my old joke I use a thousand times over. <laughs> my job is to make sure each of you is equally dissatisfied with whatever we come up with. <laughs> and so there's two different people. And one might be more security-based and says, I want to be able to count on my cash flow for as long as I live. And the other one might be more cowboy. I want to go for it. I want, I, I want to take chances. Well, it's usually said by the guy who's older who doesn't have as long of a life expectancy. Of course, he, he's thinking that way. And so, you know, there, there is a place for the right annuities. And even within the fixed index annuity space, which is where you can get lifetime cash flow, there's only a half a dozen of them I would even use. And there are hundreds to pick from. So you have to be with someone that is first not pushy salesperson trying to close you or 
make you buy something that's not appropriate. You want to be with someone who's not trying to put too much of your money into that because you want other things to go along with it. And you also want somebody that understands the product to a point where they can talk about all the the whys and why you pick this versus another one and what the advantages and disadvantages are. And we'll tell you the disadvantages too, not just, oh, this is great. And well, it can't be that great. Otherwise, that's all anybody would have. Right. So have somebody honest, I guess, that's straightforward, understands the product, and finds the right position for that in your portfolio. And the right position might be none of it, but often the right position is some of it. Annuities can be a very good thing for you in retirement because it's going to be able to give you some security and lifetime cash flow that you can't outlive, but it may not be for everybody. If you'd like to find out more about annuities and ask your specific questions and get that plan, no cost, no obligation for our loyal listeners, 844-MADRONA is the number to call to get yours, 844-MADRONA. You can also find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. My name's Jeff Shade. We're going to take a really quick break. Be right back with more of our seven steps to retirement success right after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. The word volatile is rarely used when describing something desirable. It's usually not associated with pleasant outcomes and doesn't sound very appealing unless you're describing a roller coaster or some other thrill ride. And when it comes to your retirement plan, volatile is the last word you want to hear when talking about your nest egg. At Madrona Financial Services, we like to focus on other words when it comes to retirement planning. Words like predictability, opportunity, and security. And while we may live in volatile times, there are strategies that you could be using right now to lessen or even possibly eliminate its impact on your portfolio. If you're concerned about your exposure to market volatility, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA to schedule your complimentary review. We'll perform a risk analysis of your current portfolio and then discuss the ways we can help you achieve your retirement goals without taking unnecessary chances with your nest egg. Take back control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors, this is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough. But with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion of seven steps towards a successful retirement. And a successful retirement to me, Brian, is one in which you're happy, you've got enough to live on, and you're not going to outlive your money. Now, earlier we were talking about pensions and the fact that a lot of people had them in the early 80s. So let's talk about in this segment some of the ways that you can get pension-like retirement income. What is one of the first ones, Brian? Well, we just talked about the fixed index annuities and, you know, a couple of the attributes that they would have is generally they have a flat payout like most pensions, but there are some that have an increasing lifetime cash flow if the markets do well, which over time markets do at different times. They also have a death benefit if you die prematurely and pensions don't have that. So another thing that fixed index annuities often have is access to money during your lifetime. So let's say you're taking monthly checks and you decide, well, something comes up and you, you, you need the money. You, you can't take money out of a pension. You can out of an annuity based on your account balance and if you have any surrender fees. And so they, they do have some bells and whistles that pensions don't. But my favorite are the ones that maybe don't have the fees associated with it and maybe have increasing lifetime cash flow because you know inflation could rear its ugly head someday and, and we don't know how long we're going to live. And so I also want to talk about pension-like. You know, when I say pension-like, a pension to me is something you're getting a check for on a monthly basis. To me, what a pension is. An annuity, uh, your, your goal is to eventually get a check on a monthly basis. If you do a fixed index universal life policy, there can be two goals. One would be a legacy goal, and that's a different kind of discussion. And the other is to get a check on a monthly basis in retirement. And the difference is those checks could be income tax-free. And so I've been doing a lot more of those fixing next universal life because, you know, there's a lot of people out there going, hmm, I'm in the 24% bracket today, but with all the money we're borrowing, I could be in the 50 or 70% bracket someday. I would like to have a bucket of my money coming to me monthly, and my income tax rate is zero on that. So again, for pension-like income in retirement, we've talked about annuities here. Also, the fixed index universal life policy. There seem to be two aspects of that FIUL that I'm hearing here. One is fixed and the other is indexed. So how do those two work together? Well, generally, the underlying investment is, it can be a number of things. It can be the S&P 500 with a floor and a ceiling. Ceilings are a lot higher on these than they are with your fixed index annuities, much, much higher. And so you have much more upside on that part. There are fees internal to these products, though, for your mortality and for the life insurance itself. So we do have that. But the cool thing about these is because it's in a life insurance wrapper, the money you take out is going to, you know, can be income tax free. And so that's a big thing. And if for anybody with a over $5 million net worth, then there's something we can look at that's really can be phenomenally interesting to look at, and that's a premium finance fixed index universal life, where you're letting the bank finance uh, this this tax-free growth, uh, and you're just putting your down payment each, you know, basically the interest on the on the loan, and so you're able to leverage many, many, many times uh, what you normally would. But when I'm talking about pensions, you know, I'm talking about cash flow. So there's other kinds of investments that offer cash flow outside of these insurance products. There's a real estate world. You know, you might have rentals, and that might be producing cash flow. And that's something you, a lot of people live on in retirement. They generally get to a point where they don't want to be a property manager anymore. And that's where a Delaware statutory trust can come in. So that can be cash flow, where you do a 1031 exchange, you don't pay any tax on the sale of your investment real estate and you put it into passive real estate or private non-traded REITs. They can offer cash flow. And so if you got the right ones, they can be a, 
another alternative to providing cash flow in retirement. Something you mentioned earlier, life insurance products. I mean, you know, an annuity, an FIUL, premium finance life insurance, those are life insurance products. Why is it important to consider that these are life insurance products versus Wall Street? Yeah, I mean, there's there's another area that we can pull cash flow, and that's your stock and bond portfolio. So you might set up, you know, there's been all these different rules. Uh, used to be the 6% rule. Well, then we had uh, the dot-com crash, and they changed it to the 5%. Now I think it's the 4% rule. And basically it says you can take 4% of your portfolio and you'll be fine under most circumstances with a balanced portfolio. So that can be a way to pull money. So there's, you know, it's, there's not just one place. So you got the, again, the fixed index annuity, which is the insurance company world. And that has generally floors that you can't go backwards. And you got the Wall Street world that doesn't have a floor. You can go backwards, but it has a much higher upside. And then you have the real estate world. And that doesn't have a floor, but it's, you know, if you have a good tenants and the right type of real estate, that can be very good long term also. And finally, the insurance world has, you know, the annuities, which aren't life insurance, and then the life insurance that is, that's taking advantage of the income tax rules around life insurance. So out of all these areas, they're all, you know, taxable for your gains, but that life insurance piece uh, can be non-taxable. So that's got its own set of circumstances. And certainly, if you want to leave money to the next generation, I can, you know, use a fixed index universal life within an irrevocable life insurance trust and get it out of your state uh, income and estate tax-free. So with the CPA side of, you know, what we bring to the show, there's a lot of different things. So my, my point is, none of these are perfect. And none of these are completely imperfect. They all can have a spot in a portfolio. And wouldn't it be cool if I had, you know, taxable, zero taxable life insurance proceeds in my retirement? I had increasing lifetime cash flow second to die. I had real estate income. I had stock and bond portfolio I'm pulling money off of. And then these next areas, we're going to talk about Social Security and other things. Now I've got a really cool thing going on if I've got all these different areas working in my favor. It occurs to me that life insurance companies or insurance companies in general, you know, when we talk about insurance companies versus Wall Street, Wall Street can be very volatile, but I've never really heard of the insurance world being very volatile. Oh, yeah, it can be if you do a variable policy. So most people have a bad connotation about annuities, whether they're variable annuities or variable life insurance, because you're invested in the markets. And so, yeah, that's where Wall Street and insurance meet. And you kind of got some of the negatives of both <laughs> you've got high fees with insurance but you have the the risk on the downside of wall street and that's why i don't i don't sell those and i can't uh, sell the typical variable po- policy because i'm a fiduciary and so i'd have to be a non-fiduciary to put people in those so you know there can be some challenges when you combine the worst aspects of both like i said no product is perfect and no product is completely imperfect. Sometimes the uh, variable products do well if your timing's right, but that's, now you're kind of getting back to the, the Wall Street area. I tend to think that if I really think the market's going to do great, I probably don't need to go through an insurance company to get the market. I'll skip that part and go right to the market. And so that's what I would generally recommend to somebody. And again, I have, you know, $100 million under management in insurance. I have $100 million under management in real estate. I have hundreds of millions of dollars invested for clients in Wall Street. So I'm using all of these different areas and not everybody has them all, but most people have a combination. 
Let's move on to step number two, Brian. Something we've talked about quite a bit here in the show. It's maximizing Social Security benefits. And I see these ads many times that say you could be leaving as much as $111,000 on the table. What do they mean by that? Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm not of the opinion that we absolutely have to maximize Social Security. Just like I'm of the opinion we don't have to avoid gift tax because, for instance, on the gift tax, kind of off topic, but I want to mention this, that the gift tax doesn't really hit until you hit 11 million of gifts. Well, most people don't have that. And if you have taxable gifts, your tax rate, you know, you say, oh my gosh, I have a taxable gift. That's terrible. No, your tax rate's zero for the first 11 million. And certainly by doing it now, you, you kind of get yourself grandfathered in most likely. So when they do change the rules on that and lower it from 11 million to 1 million or whatever they're going to do someday, which I think they will, then you're already grandfathered in. So, you know, there's sometimes you don't want to max that thing out or you do want to be taxed. Maybe I do want to do a Roth conversion now and pay the tax. What? Pay tax now? Don't you want to defer it? Not necessarily. I think my tax bracket and my retirement is going to be much higher than it is today because I don't know which administration is going to be in there, but I know we're going to be owing $40, 50000000000000 And so knowing that, they have to raise the rates on me a lot. And so I, I'd rather pay tax now. So here's another thing with Social Security. A lot of people are saying, well, I'm going to wait till age 70 and max it out. Well, you will over your lifetime if you live past about age 79. But a lot of people would rather have more money in their 60s than their 80s. And so you have to give something up. You have to give up your monthly checks. So some people that have their 70s and 80s because they have these annuities and life insurance and all these good investments going for them, they're like, well, I'm going to be fine. And frankly, I don't know a lot of 80-year-olds 80 80 year to 90-year-olds that can spend a lot of money. So I don't really care that I have extra, extra cash flow when I'm 86 years old. I mean, I, I don't know very many of them that can spend a lot of money out of, <laughs> other than health care. And so I'd rather have money in my early 60s, 62, you know, if I'm not working, 62 through 70. So very often the answer is take your Social Security early. So it just depends case by case and, and your, your health, your longevity, ex- expectations, a lot of different factors go into that. If you're interested in a Social Security maximization plan or just a plan in general, maybe you don't have one or maybe you do have one and you want another set of eyes on that. Of course, you can get it with no cost and no obligation by calling 844-MADRONA and setting up your visit. 844-MADRONA. You can also find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break and be right back with more of our show, Seven Steps to Retirement Success, when our show continues after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. 
That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more. And the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion of the seven steps towards a successful retirement. And Brian, we've talked about making a plan. Everybody needs a plan. You need a roadmap to get where you're going to. And of course, here at Madrona, that's what you do quite well. Number two we talked about was maximizing Social Security benefits. There are over a hundred ways to take Social Security, but there really may only be one or two that are right for you. So let's continue now with our next step, number three, and that's considering a hybrid retirement. I mean, you're rolling along at 70 miles an hour. You're working your whole life. I mean, do a lot of people who come to you really slam on the brain? and go from 70 to zero? Don't the airbags deploy and you hit that windshield? Yeah, that can be an issue, especially for guys, I think, more than most. That, you know, they had a certain thing. That's where their people are, where they feel useful and all that stuff. And, you know, now they're home and doing home projects. And they're going, oh, I'm not really good at all this. <laughs> I haven't been doing that. I'm really good at sales or, or consulting or engineering or accounting or whatever it is they were good at. And now they're not doing any of that. It's 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 a tough life change for a lot of people. So I, I am constantly talking to people about prepare yourself mentally for retirement. It's not it's not the easy street you think sometimes. A lot of people struggle with that and, and not only that, but financially you're going from making, you know, hundred fifty thousand a year and all of a sudden you're making nothing. <laughs> and you're going, Huh. Well, my annuities haven't kicked in, or my life insurance, my Social Security, I'm not ready to take that. Uh, I don't have any cash flow. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, too. So, you know, a lot of people, I'd say, well, hold off taking your Social Security until you know you're done earning because, you know, it doesn't take much before you start having to give your Social Security back and you lose your, your raises. And, you know, roughly $17,000, $18,000 a year is all. And so I would suggest to a lot of people, especially post-COVID, where we can work remotely and we don't have to be there every day and on premises and we don't have to be commuting and all that. There might be exceptional opportunities in what you do to work part-time on your schedule and balance that work-life balance and get that shored up. And then you've got that extra cash flow coming in. You, you have something to do, but it's not taking away your life. you got a mix of different things. You're still part of the game 
that can be probably one of the best retirements for a lot of people. Brian, have you had people who have retired? I mean, they've just gone cold turkey from 70 to zero and then come back to you and said, Brian, I'm not so happy doing this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had people do that a lot. They're <laughs> like, huh, yeah, I, I golfed every day for three months. I'm pretty much sick of golf and uh, <laughs> it's boring. I, I don't know what to do. My wife's driving, I'm driving her crazy because I'm like, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? She goes, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but I've got my aerobics class. I'm going out yeah. to coffee with the girls. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to do my thing and you're cramping my style, dude. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I think so. And so, yeah, it's there's a lot of people that struggle with that. So that's why, you know, I have the advantage. I'm, I'm not just so worldly. I just know all this. I just listen, you know. I have yeah. all these hundreds of clients in meetings a year, and, and I listen to people, and this is what they tell me. So I'm just sharing that here on the show. So we're talking about the seven steps to retirement, happiness, security, and the next one, step number four, is protecting your savings from inflation. What is the inflation rate now? Oh, I think it's pretty low right now. You know, and last time I looked, it was like 1.7. I could be way off. The, well, I can't be way off. It's maybe one. I don't know. And, and inflation's funny. I mean, certain things have zero and certain things are three. And and uh, medical expenses usually higher. So there's various different measures. But uh, CPI's pretty low right now. And But, you know, that's it's always a concern that we could have inflation. And so... Protecting yourself just means, again, planning for the future. In the future, you're going to need more than you need today. And so when we run our financial plans, we we put in 3.1% inflation, which is roughly the 100-year average, just in case it's there. And so, you know, kind of stress testing the financial plans. But that's certainly one reason why I would look at if I'm going to do a lifetime cash flow annuity, I'm going to do one that has increasing lifetime cash flow rather than uh, straight if they can afford, you know, the lower amounts in the early years because you got to give that up to get something. It's going to be lower early, higher later, as opposed to higher early and lower late with a flat one. And so I've, I've got to have some growth assets in there. Got to have a plan for liquidating things. I, I'm going to certainly suggest you pay off your mortgage in retirement so I don't have that working against me too. Not that that's going to be hurt with inflation. I'm just saying I, I don't want to have to figure out how to provide your cash flow and then also figure out how to pay off your mortgage when you're not even working. That's telling me to build a house, but I can't have any you know, nails or screws or drywall. I'm like, oh, how am I supposed to do that? And so that certainly helps that the house is paid off. Is it really difficult to find products that can beat the rate of inflation with such inflation rates, I mean, being so low as they are? And are people these days, as a result of the coronavirus, are they happy with just beating inflation and really not chasing higher rates of return? People want to have really high rates of return. And, you know, they usually come to me, I, I want a high rate of return at low risk. And I'm like, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, and that's, you know, that's fair. Uh, we want to have both. And so that's why I mix and match, you know, Wall Street, insurance industry, real estate, all this stuff. Certain things are, you know, are designed to beat inflation and certain things are designed to protect us and certain things are designed for cash flow. And, you know, they have different attributes or tax savings, whatever it is. And so, yeah, we run that. It's not that I expect inflation to be 3% or so. It's just that I want to make sure I'm not, you know, making that too rosy if the financial plan looks good with my assumptions baked in there, then it's going to be really good in real life. And what's interesting about that is we've had really low inflation in a really amazing real estate and stock market for the last uh, 10 years, 11 years. 
And so a lot of people have a lot more money than they expected to have 10 years ago. I mean, people that thought, well, I thought I was going to have to work till I'm 70 and maybe eke out a, a retirement. All of a sudden, my 401k is worth, you know, seven figures and my house is worth seven figures. And I've got uh, all this cash flow coming in. I, I never thought that day would come where I'm making more in retirement than I was when I was working. A lot of people are saying that because of how good these last 11 years is at the same time as we've had low inflation. And so the, the financial planning has gotten a little more interesting for a lot than a lot of people thought it would be for them during their retirement years. Brian, the next step here is secured guaranteed lifetime income. And we did talk about that earlier in the program here, personal pension-like streams of income that are guaranteed for life that you cannot outlive. And some people, you know, a little bit of a pushback may be, well, I don't want to give up control. Do you really give up control if you've got an annuity? No, I mean, you, you don't have control over anything. I mean, you invest in the stock market. Do you have control over how the stock market's going to go? I'd say not. Do you have control over real estate markets? No. Do you have control over any investment? Well, not really, unless it's in cash, I guess. So you don't really have control. You, you gain security and, and certainty. And so those are things in retirement planning. I want more security rather than less. So you can, can compare yourself at age 50 to age 70. Do you want more security at 70 than you had at 50? Well, I'd say probably. You want more cash flow? I'd say probably. Do you need more growth? No, you're probably less concerned about growth. Do you need more liquidity? Well, you probably are plenty liquid. So out of those things, the security and cash flow, stock markets don't give that. That's what annuities do. They give security and cash flow. They're not designed for growth and liquidity. So the two things I just told you you probably want more at age 70 are the two things the annuities give you. So I would say you have more security and, and uh, certainty than less. And that is uh, a goal of most people in retirement years. And with annuities, you are gaining control of key retirement risks, longevity risk. You can't outlive that money. Market risk, because you're not in the market, you're with an insurance company and, of course, withdrawing too much money. So annuities may be a good answer for you. But again, underlying may. A lot of them are great. Some of them not so good. And, you know, you talked about that fellow earlier that you had the phone call with who was sold the annuity in college. And he hated annuities because of that. And uh, that's because he was sold a variable annuity. And the person selling it was just concerned about about their commission. We're talking about the seven secrets to retirement success here on Growing Your Wealth Today. Brian, next one is planning for long-term care costs. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. And that's that one's kind of difficult. And that's case by case. You can get long-term care plans that will take some of the sting out of it. Uh, usually the best ones, in my opinion, are the ones that are asset-based, where you put a bunch of money up front. But a lot of my clients, uh, once we do the plan, they go, you know, I've done so well as i just mentioned you know we've had a great 11 years my real estate my business and my stock markets all did so well that even if i went into you know full-on care and it was twelve thousand a month i'm gonna have that and so i don't really feel like i need long-term care and they ask do i i'm like no no you don't and so you're gonna self-fund it and then there are people that you absolutely would need it and i say well all you need is you know one or one or two hundred thousand dollars i don't have that I'm like, yeah, you don't have enough to buy the, the, the best you know, long-term care plans, so we don't consider it. So there's kind of a sweet spot that some people that have good health now, because you have to qualify for these things and have enough assets, but not so many assets that they could self-fund, where we look at that. 
and then that might be an option, a really good option, just to add to the security of retirement, which is something, again, we all want in our retirement, and we don't want to burden our kids. And so certainly looking at that plan is something we can look at. Yeah, medical expenses in retirement, one of the biggest expenses that you have. Some people may think it is the biggest, but I think taxes are really going to be the biggest one. So tax mitigation, we'll throw that one in there too, is something else that you really want to pay a lot of attention to. And that's the advantage here at Madrona Financial Services is that's a sister company is Bauer Evans CPAs. You've got a staff of CPAs who are working in concert with the financial planners here at Bauer Evans and Madrona Financial. If you'd like the entire bundle approach to your financial life, you want to take a look at what Madrona Financial Services can offer you and your retirement. Once again, I want to remind you the plan is free. No cost, no obligation. All you've got to do to get your complimentary financial plan is to call 844-MADRONA. That is 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And I highly encourage you, even before you make that call, to to go to the website, madronafinancial.com, and see what the firm is all about. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the materials there, educational and otherwise. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're talking about the seven secrets of retirement success. After the break here, we'll talk about the seventh one. Also, I'm going to throw in one more, Brian, and that is to deciding where you want to live in retirement. We'll talk about some of the best and worst places. All that and more when our show continues after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. Baby boomers are getting older, and as such, a lot of them own businesses that they want to sell. They're looking for a succession plan and exit strategy, which means there's a lot of opportunities for young people to step in, learn their businesses, and buy them out. The problem is that the young people often don't have any money, any capital to buy out the seller of the business. That's where the concept of an earnout comes in. I want to talk about what that concept is to open open up the possibilities if you've ever thought about owning your own business but thought you couldn't because you didn't have enough upfront cash. So the way an earnout works is let's say that somebody's making uh, has a business you've been working for them they're paying you a salary and they tell you well I make a hundred thousand dollars a year extra after paying salaries and, and everything else and I want to sell my business for a million dollars to you and I want a hundred thousand a year for that. You go well I don't have a hundred thousand. Well you would if you bought the business because now you own the income from the business the hundred grand a year. So essentially, they're saying you take over, put in your sweat equity and all of your profits you then owe to me until it's paid off. And you go, well, that's not fair. But if you think about it, at the end of 10 years, you own a million dollar business. And if you think further, you might go, well, I think I can turn that hundred thousand profit a year into 300,000 a year and I'll own a $3 million business and I'll have the extra 200 grand a year on top of what I had to pay for the business. So that's the way the earnout works. It's a great way to do transfer of businesses, both for the seller and for the buyer. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit MadronaFinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to complete our discussion about the seven steps to a proper retirement. And Brian, another one is using home equity wisely. A lot of people listening to us have either a lot of equity built up in their home because they bought it years ago, and we've had some great appreciation here, so they've got a lot of equity there. Or maybe they own their home outright, and having that equity in your home is very important going into retirement. But there are some wiser ways than others that you can use that equity. I think the first one, a lot of people think about selling their house and downsizing, Brian. Is that something that you're hearing a lot or is that a question that you get regularly? Well, I used to get that a lot. And I've talked to a lot of people out of doing that because they weren't going to move very far and they weren't going to gain much. You know, they were going to sell their house, pay all those costs, go through the move, move out of the neighborhood they know and they know all the neighbors and all that stuff. Their social network's there. They're going to buy a house half as big and pay almost as much for it. They're not going to have an extra hundred grand or two hundred grand left over at the end. And Lottie Dodd adds, you know, five hundred a month to their cash flow. It just it wasn't enough to make it worthwhile. And I say, you know, if you don't want to, I don't want to clean all the rooms. You know, close the doors. My favorite line: Don't open it and uh, just live in the part of the house you want to live in. You don't have to go through all of that to do it. So I, I've talked, you know, a lot of people about that. But recently, the conversations have changed, and they've changed to uh, moving to a different part of the country. And Brian, I want to talk about the places that you could move in retirement in just a moment. Meantime, I want to continue here with using home equity wisely. And another thing you can do is getting a home equity line of credit or a HELOC. What do you think about that? Well, you know, there can be reasons to do a HELOC. I mean, certainly interest rates are low. So if you know you have an opportunity to invest in something that's uh, virtually assured of having a much higher rate of return, then I guess that's okay. Just investing in the market is not assured of that, but if that's something you want to do, I'm, you know, I'm not going to tell you you can't do that. And one thing, though, that people don't often think about, let's say your, your house, you paid 200000 for it, and it's in you know Bellevue, and now it's worth $1.4 million and you're you're getting up there in years and you wish you had a little bit extra money spending money but you want to leave your house to your kids well you might consider if you did take a a heloc a home equity line of credit out that and to spend it let's say you took two hundred thousand out to improve your quality of life for a you know five or ten year period quite a bit Uh, and you leave your kids someday with a couple hundred thousand dollar mortgage on a 1.4 million dollar house well, that's about 1.2 million more than they they are owed, you know, by you. <laughs> and so, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. If you want to leave them a lot of equity in a house, that's that's great. And if you want to take some of that equity out to have a better time in your later years, I think that's fine too. Brian, another thing that you can do with your home in retirement, we haven't talked about this a lot, but let's say that you've done your retirement plan and maybe you've got your paycheck covered, your basic expenses, but you want a little bit more. You maybe want a play check. You can do this thing called a reverse mortgage. How do you feel about reverse mortgages? Is it always the wrong thing to do or how do we decide what to do about those? Now, one of the great things about this this show is we can talk about the pros and cons to every investment strategy because every investment strategy has pros and it has cons. And you just have to know what they are and say, how does this apply to me? So certainly for some people, if they think they're going to live in their house for a long, long time, then it can be something to consider. Now, if you have a three-story house and you're, you know, 78 years old and you're considering a, a reverse mortgage, I'd probably say don't do it because those upper two stories are going to be a little tough to find uh, in the in the years ahead. So you, you might consider the type of house that you have. 
And whether it's the kind of house you can see yourself in 10, 15 years down the road when you're more frail and, and much older. And so those are just some of the considerations. I won't go into all of them, but that's a consideration that certainly has stopped a lot of people from going forward with them. Yeah, as you said, there are a lot of pros and cons to a reverse mortgage. Uh, you know, one of the pros is you can stay in your house and you can use that money for a lot of other things. But people don't realize if you do get the reverse mortgage, too, that you are still responsible for the upkeep, the maintenance and paying the property tax on your house. So if you're considering a reverse mortgage, we encourage you greatly to do your homework on that. So those are your seven steps of retirement security. Again, they're going to be having a plan to maximizing Social Security benefits. Number three, considering a hybrid retirement. Number four, protecting your savings from inflation. Number five, secure guaranteed lifetime income. Number six is planning for long-term care. And number seven is using home equity wisely. Well, Brian, I always enjoy the fun parts of our show here, and this is going to be fun. You know, when you get into retirement, you got to figure out, well, where am I going to live? Am I going to stay here in this house, or am I going to move someplace else that I've always wanted to live? And you sit down with the map of the United States, and you just start throwing darts. So let's talk about some of the worst states to retire in first before we get to the best. I've got a list here that includes Alaska, Hawaii, Maryland, New York, and Oregon. What do you think all these states have in common that make them some of the worst states to retire in? Well, it depends on who's putting the list together. So the people that put this list together, it was purely about, because people go, what do you mean Hawaii? <laughs> you know, or what do you mean Alaska? Alaska's awesome. Or, you know, it was about taxes. What's the most expensive based upon what you make? So certainly, or the cost of living, it was more of a cost thing. So if you're not so concerned about that, then, you know, every state can have its pluses and minuses, just like any investment category. I can tell you, you know, we we know that certain states are struggling and and you wouldn't necessarily want to be part of what's going on in New York or New Jersey or Connecticut or up there or Illinois, uh, you know, the bankrupt states. And if you like warm weather, I suggest Hawaii is a great place to visit. Maybe you don't want to live there. Maybe it's too expensive to live there. It's a great place. You know, you can go there when you want. But a lot of my clients right now are talking about moving out of the Seattle area they're kind of tired of the uh, politics or just it's no fun. You don't, they're, they're telling me, I'm never going to go into Seattle ever again. I'll never go to a restaurant. I'll never go shopping. I'm not going to a game. I just don't want to deal with it. And I go, okay, I understand that. And so they're saying, I'm going to go someplace like Idaho. Maybe it's Boise or Sandpoint or, you know, use the Spokane there. Missoula, Montana, Wyoming, I've heard all these different areas. Uh, Texas is another one I've heard. New Mexico, not so much Arizona of late. It used to be kind of the the place to go. But that's what I am hearing in many of my discussions with people right now. So those are some of the worst states to retire in. Conversely, this same article talks about some of the best states to retire in. They are Tennessee, North Carolina, Iowa, South Dakota, and Florida. And it appears to me that taxes seem to be one consideration that greatly figures into these states being some of the best states to retire in. Again, that was the author of this article. I personally wouldn't go to North Dakota to retire. I would be too bored. But, you know, I've certainly spent time in Tennessee. I've spent time in North Carolina. I've spent time in Florida. I've spoken in all those states in the last two years. I've, I've recorded and 
and done uh, radio and TV in in all three of those states. And they're vibrant, up-and-coming states. I'll tell you, the growth is crazy. I was just driving around. I remember driving through Nashville, and it reminded me of Bellevue in the heyday. I I counted 24 construction cranes because I'm an accountant. That's what we do. I'm kind of like a rain man. You you drop some toothpicks, and there's 87 of them, you know. So I was counting cranes. Uh, I went to North Carolina, and I'm like, what is with all these new freeways? And they had them everywhere. They were just building everything, and it was just boomtown because people from the northeast are getting sick of that and moving down there. And then, of course, Florida was the same thing. Texas is another state that's uh, seen that kind of growth from the northern states. And so there's a mass exodus and an entry into these states, and uh, they still have pretty low taxes. A lot of these don't have an income tax like Texas and Florida. That's another thing that makes them very desirable. And they have warm weather and lots of things to do. And, and so they've, they've kind of become a destination. But, you know, for business, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, North Carolina, Tennessee, you wouldn't think about it. But now, boy, they're booming down there. Yeah, those are very vibrant states. My sister lives between Knoxville and Nashville, Tennessee, and they like it a great deal because of the climate up there on the plateau and, of course, the tax situation. So those are some of the best and the worst states to retire in. Let's talk about one of the best places to retire, not necessarily a state. And we don't have a lot of time left in the program here today, but I did want to talk about one of the best places. Number one on this list, believe it or not, is Squim, Washington. Now, I've not ever been over there. Have you been to Squim before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's been on the list uh, right at the top many times. Their big claim to fame is it's one of the driest spots there are. You wouldn't think so, being that close to to Forks and all that stuff. But they're on the the proper side of the mountains, uh, the uh, banana belt there. And I believe they get about 10 inches of rain a year. Uh, It's beautiful. It's on the water. Um, the cost is low. It's you know not a lot to do there, but uh, if you if you like that kind of setting, it's it's can be a wonderful place. Yeah, and pilots have noticed for many years always blue skies over Squim, Washington, and uh, finally Bellingham is on this list too. Yeah, Bellingham, and I, I just saw that Bellingham is looking like a, a place where people from Seattle are going to go to. I've, I've noticed that uh, Seattleites are saying, you know, I don't have to drive into work anymore. Why the heck am I paying 4000 a month in rent when I could buy a beautiful place up in Bellingham and work from home or in Gig Harbor or some other place that's an hour or two away from Seattle? And I'll come in once, twice, three times a month. Okay, but more and more, I think that's going to, we're going to see the suburbs and the outer suburbs and beyond. Those prices are going to go up, up, up as people decide they don't need to live in Seattle proper to work there. That's right. A lot of people fleeing King because of, as you said, the political situation there, defunding the police department and, you know, just the turmoil. They fled to Snohomish County up in the Everett area where your main office is. And now they may be fleeing up to, you know, Skagit County. There are a lot of great places to retire right here in the state of Washington. Once again, if you listen to this program, you know that you can get a complimentary no-cost, no-obligation plan by calling 844-MADRONA. Also, you can request it online at madronafinancial.com. Well, Brian, we just get started, and then we're out of time for this week. Before we go, I want to thank everyone for listening to us today and invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Growing Your Wealth. Have yourself a great Saturday.
Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled, travel plans have been canceled, sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today, because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com.